0: This is Orson Welles on the Air, featuring the old-time radio performances of the legendary Orson Welles. Welcome back to Orson Welles on the Air. We'll hear from the Orson Welles Radio Almanac on this episode, broadcast from that series from July 19th, 1944. It features guest Ruth Terry and has a reading at the end of an until-recently unpublished story by John Steinbeck, Ben wrote in, seeing if I could find that episode with that story. I did. Here it is. The Orson Welles Radio Almanac.
1: Welcome, one and all, to the sign of the Flying Red Horse. The makers of mobile gas and mobile oil bring you
2: Orson Welles.
3: This is Orson Wells and the Mercury Wonder Show. Tonight we're pitching our tents at Long Beach, California, The coast. He stepped out of the bus, and the Anson took me in tow and said, nice and a ship shape, just step up this way. I'm glad he's sick. Incidentally, perhaps I'd better explain to our listening audience what an ensign is. It's the second lieutenant who can swim. <laughs> this is uh... This is really a wonderful place you have out here, though, gentlemen. Although it gets pretty hot on the beach, I understand you have very sudden windstorms Every once in a while must be very embarrassing to you fellas You roll a three and a four and the next thing you know it's a one and a two You know, we were out this way with the Mercury Wonder Show just a few weeks ago at the ferry command base at Long Beach And Marlena Dietrich was our guest star I'll never forget it In the middle of the program, she kissed me It was the first time I ever told a joke and circled over the field to see who was laughing but I'm really partial to Coast Guard on account of my Uncle Choo Choo, Will. He's a pilot in the signal Corps. Well, he's not exactly a pilot. He doesn't fly planes over the ocean. He uh, helps carrier pigeons across puddles. Now, naturally, I wanted to follow in Uncle Choo Choo's footsteps and join the Coast Guard when I was 12 years old, but Mother wouldn't let me. I was always tied to wear apron strings. In fact, I was 16 years old before they found out whether I was a boy or a yo-yo. <laughs> Always, uh, the Coast Guard has always fascinated me, especially their uniforms. There's, uh, there's one thing I never could figure out. Why do they wear the pants so wide at the bottoms when they need the material so desperately up above? <laughs> but, uh, enough of this band, Earth. Here's why you're here. She's one of the loveliest of Hollywood's brightest new stars. She's appearing in Goodnight, Sweetheart, and we're glad to welcome her to the Mercury. Her name is Ruth Terry.
4: they say on Trafalgar Square. shitty
3: Austin. Orson. As they say in Long Beach.
4: <laughs> you know,
3: Ruth, one of the main reasons I wanted to see you tonight is because I've been chosen to send some pictures of pin-up girls to the fellas overseas. pin girls? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: Why didn't they choose Bing
3: Crosby? Well, he's only had experience pinning up boys. <laughs> you see, Ruth, I'm uh, going to take my own pin-up pictures, and I'd like you to be the first one. How about posing for me right now?
4: Hmm? <laughs> but, Orson, I haven't posed for a picture since I was a tiny baby.
3: Hmm. They must have dropped a little of that developing fluid on you. No kidding, Ruth. I do pretty nice work. Here's a picture I took of Gypsy Rose Lee. How do you like it?
4: I don't see anything.
3: Darn it. I guess she hung her hat over the keyhole again. (laughs) How about seeing your number for us, Ruth?
4: I'd love to, Arthur. What'll it be? Is you in or is you ate my baby?
3: (laughs) We're uh, we're glad to have you aboard, Ruth. As you can plainly see, everything is ship-shaped if anybody wants me. I'll be up on the poop deck. ¿Qué
5: Seems the flame in your heart just gone off. A man is a creature that has all. Knew, or is my baby? Tell my baby. True? Is
0: you
6: Is you Hi. I want
1: to tell you about a guy. In his line, he's a stand What a job he can handle. Cars, that's where he stars. I mean that ace automobiler, your friendly mobile gas dealer. He knows that cars today are aging fast. Knows they've got to last. So what's his cry. Don't let them die. That fellow's happy for helping a motor keep its pep, but making your old tires wear, he's right there. And he's a sensation at helping you stretch your gas race. I mean that ace automobiler, your friendly mobile gas dealer. His wartime service is worthwhile. And, uh, don't miss his smile. Your car deserves it. Drive in. Watch him dive in. He'll look your car over top to bottom. Whatever products it needs, he's got them. Listen to what he tells you. Notice he, uh, never oversells He's a conscientious, knowing fellow. A help-your-car-keep-going fella. I mean that ace automobiler, your friendly mobile gas dealer. You'll find him, of course. That's the sign of the Flying Red Hook.
3: Right now, everybody, we bring you the latest and last of the series known affectionately to us. As Mercury Fables, it's been our frantic effort to recreate as accurately as possible life as it is lived in the various branches of our armed forces. Tonight, we bring you life in the Coast Guard, a typical slice of it. The scene, the Wilmington, patrol base. Hector. Hector, guess what I just said. Oh, you're always coming around with scandal. Where did you hear it? You know where.
6: But this is a definite room. I heard that our leaves are coming
3: through any day now. See, I hope they don't come through. I'm on mess duty and I'd hate to miss it. <laughs> all right, all right, you guys. The mail's in. Come and get it. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, where yeah.
5: you bet? Hey, I'm expecting a package. Here
3: it is. Well, open it up. Let's see what's in yeah, it. Yeah,
5: I will. I will. Take it easy. Well, look at this. Just what I needed. A pair of water wings.
3: Oh, isn't that nice? Well, look what I got, Basil. Some new pinup pictures. Hey, that one's a beauty. Who is she? Whistler's mother. I think I'll hang it right next to my picture of Eli Whitney's Whitney Scott. Yes, that's where I think I'll so, put it. Who's this babe in the
5: bathing
3: suit? Isn't it exciting? It's Marjorie Maine. Oh. And look, you can see her knee where the suit is torn.
5: How can they
6: send that stuff through the United States mail? Hey, excuse me, sailors.
1: The CPO sent me in. He says I'm supposed to bunk you. Yeah.
7: Oh, you're the new man.
1: Yeah.
3: The CPO told me that this barrack was just like a home away from home. Oh, yes, it is. It is. It's a dandy. Oh, my, just remember, there isn't a comfortable bed left. Shots. Language, oh. language. I'll tell you what I'll do. You take my bed. I've got got a beauty rest mattress. And I'll go over to... Well, it does. And I'll go over to the day room and sleep on the pool table. Oh, gee whiz, I'm sorry. I mean, won't it be uncomfortable for you sleeping on a pool table? Oh, I don't mind. It's only 60 cents an hour. Well, there certainly is a nice camp. Oh, by the way, how are the women around this town? Please. Don't talk like that in front
5: of Hector. He's very
3: bashful. I am not. I am... Of all people, you ought to know better, Basil. You were with me in town last night. So what? I did as good as anybody in that little whistling episode in front of the drugstore.
5: Sure, but you didn't even turn around till the dame whistled for five
3: minutes. Oh, let's forget about women. I feel devilish. How about a little fun?
6: Good. What let's be. How about charade? I have a monopoly, sir.
3: Well, no, I was thinking of the game with the little cubes that have dots on them. What do you call them again? Um, I think I know. A uh, soldier told me about them once. Uh, Dice,
5: ain't they? Yes. Uh, I just, uh, <laughs> I
3: just happened to have a pair on me. Uh, they were given to me as a going-away present. Oh, sure, well, what yeah. luck. Uh, who gave them to you, Hector? My Aunt Agatha. She's a shill at the Blue Goose Gambling House. Yes. <laughs> Come on, now, let's go. I shoot a package of sand in.
6: I'll match that
2: wager.
3: Gee, I've never done this before. Well, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Come on, you seven snake eyes, crawl under a rock and box guard, get off my sightings.
6: Hey, you say you never played this before? No, never. Oh.
3: Huh. All ready, fellas? I'm coming right out for a buck. Hater uh, from Decatur.
6: Jigger's fellas. It's a lieutenant. Attention!
3: Be with you in a minute, lieutenant. <laughs> was not that nice? Eight was my point, and I made it. Now, what was it you wanted, sir? Oh, it
6: wasn't important. I just thought I'd like to have an inspection.
3: <laughs> inspection? You look all right the way you
6: are. No, no. I mean you, fellas. Now, you take yourself, Stephen.
3: Your bed isn't
6: even made. Well,
3: frankly, sir, I intend to get back in it very shortly. (laughs) I've got to catch up on my sleep. But you're scheduled for an hour of close-order drill,
6: a half-hour of calisthenics, and then you have to police the entire area. How can you sleep?
3: I force myself.
6: (laughs) Well, good for you. Say, the real reason I came in here, though, is to get a volunteer for a detail. Goody. You see, I have a date with a movie star this afternoon, and I can't make it. Who'll take it for me, huh? Oh, come now. I don't want to get mean
3: about this.
6: If nobody volunteers, I'll have to pick somebody.
3: Oh, gee. I'd like to go, but I worked hard for this good conduct ribbon.
6: Well, (laughs) now look, fellas, it's, it's, it's not really a date. You see, Captain Peters has an idea that he could help our bond drive. He's got a slogan: buy a bond and kiss a movie star. That's why somebody's got to talk to Ruth Terry and ask her to help us out.
3: Uh, kiss him, at Ruth Terry. Oh, well, in that case, I'll talk to her. So you see, I've had a little experience in that line. I, I was at a bond rally a couple of weeks ago where Betty Hutton sold kisses for a twenty-five, fifty, and a hundred-dollar bonds. Well, how does that work? It's the same kiss, isn't it? No, for a twenty-five-dollar bond, she holds you. For a fifty-dollar bond, you hold her. And for a hundred-dollar bond, yeah. Uh, you hold on to your hat. I'll go right over and try to get Miss Terry to cooperate on our buy a bond and kiss the movie star idea.
4: Hello?
6: Miss Terry, this is the room clerk. While you were out, the Hollywood canteen called
3: and wanted to know if you'd bake some more cookies for the boys.
4: Oh, I'd be glad to. Did they want the butter cookies or uh, the sugar cookies?
3: Well, I don't know. They said they were sending a man over to talk
4: to him. Oh, that's probably here at the door. Thank you, clerk. Come in. Uh, uh,
3: Miss Ruth, uh, Terry, please. Yes, yes. Uh, Come in. Uh, thank you. I'll only be a minute. I was sent to speak to you about a little matter of... Yes, I know. Uh, I
4: just had a message from your organization.
3: Well, then you'll do it.
4: I'd be glad to. I know how much the boys appreciate my work. Oh, you have no idea. Uh, Do you think they'll want them hot or cold?
3: Well, I I didn't think you'd have any cold ones.
4: (laughs) Certainly most of the boys like them hot, even if they are a little sticky. You know, (laughs) they prefer to have them right off the pan, although a few boys like them cold. You know, at the canteen last week, I gave a few cold ones to a gob on shore patrol. Oh, he was crazy about
3: it. Oh, those F's, they take anything they can get.
4: <laughs> I see,
3: uh, I see you've uh, had quite a bit of experience in this particular line. Uh,
4: oh, yes, yes. I get such a kick out of it when I give them to the kids at the canteen. You ought know to see the way some of them enjoy it, especially when they dunk them in milk.
3: That I got to
2: see.
3: <laughs> Yours must be very exceptional, Miss Terry.
4: Oh, they are. Mine have vitamins in them.
3: Gee, the places you find vitamins these days.
4: Would you like to try a sample?
3: Well, gosh, that's all you, Miss Terry. I just, uh, I'm just an ordinary sailor, and it uh, might be a novelty. We usually don't get anything like that in camp, you understand what I mean? no. You yeah. know,
4: I, I'm working on a new one now that no one's tasted yet.
3: You put a lot of time on this, don't you? It seems to be quite a hobby. How about that sample you promised me? I'm getting kind of interested. All
4: uh, right. Uh, how many would you like?
3: How many would I like? Well, I don't want to be a pig, but I could handle your entire output.
4: <laughs> now don't overestimate yourself, Taylor. You know, they're very fattening.
3: On me, they have the opposite effect.
4: <laughs>
3: Maybe it's because I have to work so hard for the ones I get. I don't know, but it's just the way it works out. I find all right. Reduce me. Yeah. Close your eyes. Close my eyes, Josh. You really make production now. But okay, my eyes are closed. Are you ready for it? Let me have it,
4: sis. Uh, here you are.
3: Miss Terry, you shoved a cookie into my mouth.
4: Well, what did you think I was going to do? Kiss you? Oh, now,
3: look, now, there's some mix-up here. I was sent here to ask you to help out with our new Bond drive. Buy a Bond kiss, a movie star, you know. I was just...
4: Oh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> then you were expecting me to kiss you just
3: now. Well, I wasn't expecting no cookie. <laughs> You made a kiss sound so interesting that I thought I'd try one and find out what everyone was raving about.
4: Oh, I'm sorry I disappointed you, Staley. Here.
3: Oh, no. Let me try one of those cookies again. <laughs> mm. I
5: mean, you kissed very
4: nicely,
3: Staley. Now, look, i got to get back to camp. Uh,
4: you have... Perfect. Caden. Uh, please, this is strictly business.
3: Uh, do you want to help our drive? I
4: will if, um, if you'll take me out. Please, this is uh, strictly business. Oh, gosh, Sailor, you're slow. Last night I was out with Orson Welles, and I wasn't with him the minute that he didn't have his arms around
3: me. Oh, Orson Welles, but he's got jet propulsion, you know.
4: <laughs> what do you
3: say? Do you want to help out our bond drive?
4: I'd be glad to, but uh, first I've got to turn out a batch of cookies for the canteen.
3: Well, I'll help you. I know all about baking and cooking baking. For... On my last leave, I had some people for dinner, and I prepared a terrific meal. In the top compartment of the stove, I wrote to the chicken and the turkey, and in the bottom compartment, I broiled a goose. But do you know something, Ruth? I think I used too much sherry.
4: Now, what makes you think so?
3: Well, when I opened the top compartment, the turkey was doing a Roomba with the chicken, and the goose stuck its head out of the bottom compartment and yelled, Stop
4: that dancing up there! Stop that dancing up there!
3: I'll make these cookies here. I'll follow this recipe of yours. Now, let's see. uh, This recipe. I hope it's a little more entertaining than that joke. Uh, Two eggs. Where are the eggs? Uh, Right in front of you. These round white things with the shells on them? Mm -hmm. Oh, you must have some old-fashioned chickens around here. The ones that work for the Navy lay them powdered. (laughs) I understand some of them are powdered. The Coast Guard, too, but I'm not sure that that's not a rumor. Well, I'll do the best I can. Break two eggs, it says here. Messy, isn't it? Now, separate them. Okay, I'll put one on the table and one on the sink. This one belongs in the sink. <laughs> now, what's next? Oh, I see. Miss Perry, where's your scotch?
2: Scotch? Yes,
3: it says, beat the egg whites until stiff. Well, <laughs> 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 oh, that means the eggs, not me. I wasn't sure about that. Let's see what's next.
4: Just get the pan. I've got the
3: batter all ready. Well, all we have to do is put it in
4: the oven. <laughs> put it in the oven. Let's see, uh... Just sit in the
3: parlor while we're waiting. Don't sit it? in the parlor? Oh, no, no. None of that stuff. Why not? I know that sit in the parlor routine. First, it's let's turn the lights down low, and then it's let me hold your hand, and then
4: let's
3: put your arms around me, and then.
4: Yeah.
3: First thing you know, the cookies are all
2: burnt. <laughs>
1: Thank you, America. Thank you for heeding our plea and taking care of your car. Our country's transportation system would be crippled if you didn't. You know that. You know, too, that new cars are a long way off. That you can't get one for an estimated two years after the war. So I'm thanking millions of you motorists for driving in at the sign of the Flying Red Horse. Because there are friendly mobile gas dealers equipped to help your car run better, longer. Keep remembering to have your oil changed off. And your car's a lucky car if you get mobile oil. Mobile oil, the largest selling brand of motor oil on Earth. May I repeat that? It's the largest selling brand of motor oil on Earth. Mobile oil is built especially for wartime driving. It works to keep your motor clean, to keep it running smoothly. How it guards each vital engine part against rust, wear, and friction. Folks, the oil in the crankcase can make a difference in the life of your car. So keep it fresh, keep it full up, keep it mobile oil.
3: Come time now... Some of the hottest music ever written. The Mercury offers you with enthusiasm an old friend from Cuba, a terrific performer, the inimitable, the overwhelming Miguelito Valdez. <laughs>
7: A rico de Aguardien que dan un poco de dinero mayén ay pa' que no te la sueles yo quiero pedir ay que mi negra me quiera ay que tenga dinero y que no se muera ay yo le quiero pedir Ay papalú, ella es una negra bemba, como tú, De que no tenga barro negro. Ay, pa que no se fuera. Y papalú, ay, y papalú, ay, y papá, papalú, ay mamá. Papalú, guayé, papalú, guayé Papalú, guayé, papalú, guayé Papalú, pues mamá, que caramena tiene que atentirse, mamá, ¿qué llama ¿Cómo tuvo que ir a un a conocer mi madre? ¿Cómo tuvo que la tirarse a la tiro a conocer mi madre? Si viene que yo tomo, de ropa, la levita Si viene que yo sé qué, se viene me sacuse Si viene yo lo pondrón, lleno de pata, corazón, ¡Puta, cabrón, mamá! Que si mañana yo me muero, mamá Cierra, manga, cosa buena, pero yo me vito ¡Fentame la vikir, com Papa got the key. Papa
3: now a short story, especially written for me to broadcast by one of the first talents in American literature, John Steinbeck. The name of the story is With Your Wing. He knew most of all that he wanted to go home, that there was something at home he had to get, and he didn't even know what it was. During the long, hard training, there had not been time to think of himself, nor to want anything. The ceremony at the end was unreal. He stood with the 16 others, all of them rigid as Cypress logs, and the silver wings were pinned to his blouse over his heart. There was a speech by the colonel, and half of his mind heard it, the other half. Was going home. He walked to his Model A Ford and got in, slammed the door. From the corners of his eyes, he could see the gold bars on his shoulders. The silver wings were heavy over his heart. He started the clattering open roadster and listened for a moment to the flapping pistons and drove away in the sunny golden afternoon. The front wheels waggled loosely and he let the steering wheel slip back and forth in his hands. A training plane flew over and banked. He glanced up and knew that the pilot was not going home. Now he was frightened of his success. He tilted his cap a little and sat very straight behind the wheel. Then he turned off the highway and into the rutted lane. The meadow lark flew ahead from fence post to fence post. Singing is coming, like a herald. The young cotton was strong and dark and clean in the field. The porches of the cottage were crowded as he drove by. Children washed and dressed in their best and statuesque, clothes, hair bursting with ribbons, and the older people standing behind on the porches. At each house, they watched him pass, and then the families walked solemnly down the steps into the lane and followed him like people going to church men and women and children in their best clothes he could see them in the sun cracked rear view mirror moving into the lane behind him his own folks were standing on the porch waiting for him his father in his white shirt and black string tie and dark church clothes his lean chin held high his mother in her blue and white print dress each hand in front of her holding the other to keep it from escaping his grown sister, pretty and breathless, her lips a little open, his young brother, with eyes so wide that his forehead wrinkled up. Second Lieutenant William Thatcher stopped his car and got out slowly and moved slowly toward the porch and the gathering neighbors came up behind him. He planned how it would be, He'd treat the whole thing casually as though it were nothing at all. He'd planned to say, Hello, Pa. Kiss his mother and sister and pick up his little brother and tousle his hair, but it wasn't like that at all. It wasn't nothing. It was something. He walked slowly toward the porch and stood looking up at his father. He could hear the rustle as the neighbors moved silently near and formed a half-circle behind him. It was as though his own people were sitting in judgment on him. The sun was warm on the porch and on the roses against the porch. And the sun was hot on his golden shoulder bars. He could see them shine from the corner of his eyes. He thought to come home in triumph. And it wasn't that at all. He took off his cap with the gold eagle on it and held it in his hand. He saw the tall father lick his lips and then his father said, softly, Son, every Negro in the world is going to fly with your wings. And then he knew. His breath caught sharply against his throat. He climbed the steps and went blindly past them into the house and into the bedroom where he'd grown up. Lieutenant William Thatcher lay down on the white bed. His heart was pounding. He could hear a little quiet murmur of voices in front of the house. He knew they were going to sing in a moment. And he knew now what he was to them. (laughs) to say goodnight now and I'm sorry to tell you this but it's also time to say goodbye. This has been a new venture for most of us in the Mercury Theater, this comedy variety show. We've learned a lot in 26 weeks and we've had a lot of fun. We hope you've shared in some of it. We'll be back on the air next season, maybe with another kind of show, maybe not. It depends a lot on you. Your letters are a great encouragement. We thank you for them. Most of all, we thank you for listening and while I'm handing out thanks, I'd like to mention Lud Gluskin, who's made most of our music and the men in our all-star jazz combination and Harry Esman, our producer and Robert Fresnel from the agency And Gary Harris, our miracle man engineer Who's brought this show to you loud and clear From all the army camps we've played And I'd like to thank our writers, too We're proud of the job they've done for us And we're very fond of them Bud Pearson, Lou White, Les White, and Lou Quinn I'd like to thank the men and officers Of the Coast Guard Station here Tonight at Long Beach, 60 Captain W.F. Toll District Coast Guard Officer For their help and cooperation Finally and most of all, our thanks go to our sponsors The makers of mobile gas and mobile oil have made this a pleasant and rewarding engagement. We say goodbye with regret, and we take pleasant memories away with us. You'll be hearing from the Mercury again, everybody. Until then, you remain, as always, obediently yours. Ruth
1: Terry. Ruth Terry appears with the courtesy of Republic Pictures, producers of the musical Atlantic City. Lou Merrill speaking with CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
0: That's it for this episode of Orson Welles On The Air. Thanks, Ben, for the tip-off to this episode with that story from John Steinbeck. Find more from this series, more old-time radio, and everything else, Relic Radio at relicradio.com. There's also a donate button there if you'd like to help support this and all the shows. Thanks, as always, to those who have. Thanks for joining me today. Talk again soon with another episode of Orson Welles On The Air. Orson Welles On The Air is produced by and for relicradio.com. Rebroadcast of this show without permission is strictly prohibited.